today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting in studio with my best friend David Niles. We got Juan on the buttons. I want to give Juan a big shout out. We this is a special edition of the Catholic Man Show because we're recording early in the morning. Mucho early. Mucho, mucho early. And Juan still decided to get up and and help us. So Juan, thank you for your generous t- offering your generous time oh, to el, us. El Juan, ¿cómo se dice early in español? Temprano, mucho, mucho, mucho temprano. I feel like you have to say it kind of like deep, with a deep voice. That's how you. That's how you really. That's the key to Spanish. Is the deep mm-hmm. voice mm-hmm. also Italian? Probably. No, no, no. I think Italian oh, is it's a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's higher. Yes, yeah, yeah. the opposite. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Why yeah. don't you introduce our guest? Okay. Before so our, we, before we get sidetracked too much. Yeah. So our special guest today is Doctor. I almost called you Father Doctor, but. You are a father. I'm a father. Dr. Cutterback, professor at Christendom College in Virginia. Mm-hmm. West Virginia or Virginia? Virginia. Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very excited that you were the recipient of the Our Lady of Victory Award uh, yesterday from the Alquin Institute here in the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. You're the, our, the second recipient of the, of the award. Um, I was very excited about you receiving it because that meant you were going to be here and... We get to have you on. Uh, so you're a professor of philosophy. I am. Um, I you're am. the... 25 years of it. Raiser of pigs. I, I am. I am. And children. And children. Oh, sure. Sometimes people get them confused. They, well, it depends. Right. They, they both take a specific work. <laughs> yeah, they do. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Fair. So thank you for being here. Uh, if, if you are not familiar with Dr. Cutterback... Check out his website, life-craft.org. That's it. Mm-hmm. .org. Yep. And also, um, go back and through the archives, you can see the other episodes that we've done. Because we, we did, did two, two episodes yeah. before um, with Dr. Cutterback, and both of them were just smashing, as they say in England. Mm-hmm. Smashing. Wow, we are just Thank you. very cultured early. here. International. It's so yeah. early. Yes. I'm British in the morning. I don't know if you knew that. Did not. Did yeah. not know that. Yeah, that's why I speak Spanish so well. Mm. <laughs> the dots are connecting. It. Yeah. 
Uh, also, you're, you've given several talks for the Thomistic Institute, and you have a new book that is being reprinted for Ignatius Press coming out on friendship, which if you have not read your, your book on true friendship, I highly recommend it. Dave and I read it, and ultimately we just kind of... St- we ripped it off. We ripped maybe. it off, and yeah. that's what we. Good. That's, when that's we, what it's for. Yeah. When people say, "Hey, can you guys come and give a talk on friendship?" We're like, "Yeah, we know so much about <laughs> friendship because we're good. friends, and, and we good. read your book." And so, honestly, though, your book is very good. I just want to promote it even more than what Adam is capable of doing. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's you take philosophy, you know, this what Aristotle's done, and you made it in a way that is not. It's very it's just so easy to to grasp, and so well, I, I appreciate help. that. And it's also not long. Like those are my favorite books. Uh, me too. Me too. That's I, why I, I like I Scott can, Hahn I, books. I I, I I agree. Amen. I, I and Joseph Pieper. I, I agree. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I figured mm-hmm. out like that's another reason why I like Joseph Pieper so much because. I essays. Can, I can read essays, his essays. Right. Yeah. So when's the reprint coming out? Coming out very soon in in November. I think mid November. Uh, Ignatius Press will will have out a fresh with with a little bit more than was in the other one. Okay. Still a short book, mm-hmm. but with mm-hmm. a couple extra chapters. Nice. So, um, I was glad to add. Mm-hmm. So thank you. You have a chapter in there on your children dating. I do. Which uh, is something that people I think need to need to hear more often. We need to be thinking about that together and and working on it. It, it. it takes a community effort. Yeah. So go get the book. What's the title again? True friendship, where virtue becomes happiness. So until it's it's hard to get right now. Mm-hmm. Until it's a, it's about to shoot out off the presses here in November. Okay. Cool. Excellent. But my website will kind of be updating on that. So awesome. mucho bueno. Very mm-hmm. good. So in light of all of the phenomenal public discourse that we've had recently mm-hmm. in in our society we thought you know we should just kind of dissect and figure out how they're doing it so well and why they're doing it so well and then we can talk about you know how we can implement and imitate what they're right. doing because i'm sure saint augustine is just like in heaven going man the rhetoric is incredible <laughs> how it's, it's it's an art form right yeah, yeah. obviously we're being sarcastic and uh, facetious yes um, so we wanted to talk about that today because yeah. it does seem like there's a huge breakdown. Yeah. And discourse has, um, you know, the art of rhetoric has really been long gone in our culture. Um, I'm not sure that America has ever really had a culture of rhetoric. Um, not to say that there haven't been excellent rhetoricians, you know, Ooh, rhetoricians in America, but w- we've never had a culture of it, you know, like some of the ancient cultures did um so i say that but it's certainly it, we have very little like the, i don't even think the average person knows what does good rhetoric look like you know what is it what does it involve um yeah. and so we want to talk about it today sure i think we might be surprised if we even if we went back 100 150 years it's amazing how much of certain ancient things we actually did still have, you know, when you go back to Lincoln, Douglas, and so mm-hmm. forth. And, right. But, uh, and and then education was still very much rooted in um, knowing the Western tradition, which, of course, gave a foundation by seeing the good examples of uh, those using public discourse onto a good end, by and large, right? In other words, there was a general conviction that together we can come towards, we can move towards something that's true. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it, it, it really seems that discourse has been 
uh, very much lessened. And, and there's not that conviction that together we can come to a truth. And it really is more of an exercise, it seems, of power at this point. Kind of asserting right. what your, your view, your wants. And so there's, there's a real philosophical foundation to that, I think, of... Um, you know, so much uh, there's a whole strand of philosophy that basically holds there's not truth that we can come to know, and so basically all assertions intellectually are just an assertion of your appetite, of what you want, and then so they're then they're they're in competition, hmm. and so I mean this this is a philosophical foundation for leading to you know, kind of what we see, kind of shouting at one another and just saying, well, th- this is what's right, this is where I am. Not that it's always that crass, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's complicated. I think few people would, would simply think that that's the so. I mean, it's so deeply written into us by our nature to find the truth that certain things are true. But n- nonetheless, I think I, you, you can say we certainly are more and more acting as though we each have our own truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that part of the reason for this is that moral relativism has become so rampant and so uh, widely accepted in our culture that, you know, there is no truth. And so the, why, would, why would we pursue it in our discourse? Because kind of like what you're saying, it's just, oh, you assert one thing and I assert something else, and that might be true for you, but something else is true for me. You know, so if there is no truth, if truth is not something to really be pursued, then of course, you know, the discussions and the the arguments that you would make in order to highlight the truth, people aren't even going to be ready to to hear them just because uh, they're not, they've never engaged their brain in that way, they engage their their passions, you know, right. kind of like what you're right, saying. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, absolutely. But in here, here's here's though another angle though. I mean, sometimes it, people can still grant that there is a truth, but their fundamental principles of of their worldview are so different from one another that they really are not capable of having a conversation together. There's a great point in a dialogue of Plato. It's called Crito. And Socrates is talking to kind of his disciple Crito, and it's very dramatic. It has to do with the question in hand is whether Socrates should accept his condemnation, whether he should try to escape. And, uh, and, and, they're, and they're having a great uh, moral reasoning together. And Crito basically points to, well, Socrates, other, other people out there are not going to understand what we're saying right here, slash they're not going to agree with it. And, and, and Socrates rather dramatically says, look, Crito, you need to decide right now, kind of, to whom are you speaking? What is your audience? I understand there are people out there that hold very different views. Is your fundamental concern to be able to convince them? Or is your fundamental concern to find the truth? And, and he basically alerts Crito to the fact that where there is a difference of very fundamental principles, you might not really be able to have much of a conversation at all. And so what are our first principles? Makes a huge difference. Hmm. Well, and you can also think that, you know, relate that to friendship as well. If you don't have the same principles, foundations, then are you gonna have to have a true friendship? Yeah, very true. So when we get back, we'll continue this conversation with Dr. Dr. John Cutterback. More on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Doctor Cutaback of Christendom College. Also, Juan Posada on the buttons. We're talking about discourse, public and private. Uh, the public discourse is obviously more obvious, easier to see. Uh, because it's public. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Is that why? Yeah, typically. I hadn't quite figured out. I'm like, here. You know, sometimes you know a thing, but you're not sure why. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Adam. You're welcome. Yeah, so... It's also called philosophy. No kidding. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Well, let's talk about that later. Okay. I'm, in in, I'm interested in, in private. I'm interested in that. Sure. Some, we'll have some private discourse about, about philosophy. So, mm-hmm. um, in high school... I did Lincoln-Douglas debate. Uh, so at the time, I didn't realize how glad I would be that I did it. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, but for those of you who don't know, Lincoln-Douglas debate is a specific structure of a debate um, where there's a, a resolve, you know, basically a topic. Resolved whether technology is uh, healthy for humanity or something, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And when you do it, you have to write a case for and against Mm-hmm. Because when you show up to debate, you don't know which side of the argument you're going to be taking, right? It's in these competitions. Um, and so there is nothing that I'm aware of that will structure, that will teach you to think critically about arguments more than that exercise. Um, and so I think for the average person, you know, like, oh, let's just link and, you know, let's just have a, a debate with somebody that you could do that, I suppose, you know, like, Tell your buddy, hey, we're going to debate something. This is what it is. We have and that at, 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 at the college. At you do? Yeah, there, there's a debate society, and that it, it's. I agree that it's a great, um, it's a great exercise. It's a great exercise of the mind, as long as we, as long as we bear in mind what the what the end of it is. Mm-hmm. That, that rhetoric ultimately is not. I mean, this was a big thing in the ancients. Some would use the science, the art of rhetoric, simply to move people to your position versus using it to move people towards the truth. Mm. And so rhetoric is a very powerful and good thing in the hands of people that, that are using it unto a good end. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's taken for granted, by the way, in any, in any real debate is that there are basic principles in common. You cannot debate unless there are certain things that you agree on from which then you can begin. And we started to talk earlier mm-hmm. about Alistair McIntyre. This is one of the big things that he, that he points out, that public discourse already is in such a state because there now is so little as regards basic truths that we can take for granted are held in common. And so the, where do we actually begin from if we want to be able to move towards coming to further conclusions? Hmm. So it, it's a, a little bit of a scary thing, but I think you know, a first principle in, in practical things is you have to take realistic stock of where we are. If where we are is in, in our culture, in our society, in our communities, is, is that it's going to be very difficult to be able to have reasonable debate slash reasonable discussion, communal deliberation. We, not that we pull out all together. But we can focus as a way, ultimately, of renewing the broader. We can go back to where we do have, again, it doesn't have to be in lock-stock agreement on everything, but you have to go to where there's at least a fundamental foundation, where we can have the kind of conversations where we can build something. Right. So you may have answered that question, my question, but just to clarify, the difference between that and quarreling 
there's a difference between debate or public discourse and quarreling. Uh, would quarreling be then that there's no f- initial foundation to launch? I mean, you know, I mean, that, that's probably a terminological thing. Let's say I think you could reasonably say that this is more what we mean when we say quarreling. Uh, I mean, I, I think we could sometimes when someone says I was quarreling with them. I mean, it, it still could have had a, a, a foundation. But nonetheless, I think that, you know, quarrel has perhaps that kind of stronger sense of, gosh, yeah, what, what did they even have there together? So I don't think that's an unreasonable mis- mm-hmm. uh, distinction to make. I also think of quarreling as some, like arguing over something that doesn't matter. And that's a way that the term it's, is used, it, too. It's just mm-hmm. kind right. of like, why are you even why are you even wa- talking about this? This is right. a dumb thing to right. talk right. about. And you're getting all mad about it. <laughs> you guys are dumb. Well, and which, 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 which point? Why don't you debate about that? Who's dumber between the <laughs> two of you? Why don't you all debate about that? I'm going to keep talking. Right. Oh. Um I, I, I mean, at this point, I think the whole situation publicly, I think, should lead us to a, a, a deeper examination of ourselves mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. our relationships, our households, our many communities. Where do things stand there? How are we doing, um, I'm going to say, in our, in our intellectual life, in our pursuing being rational? And this is the gift of God to us. This is what sets us apart. This is where real human greatness is. It's always going to be in using our rationality, and there's a breadth to that, not just in like um, pursuing truth and higher speculative matters. I mean, using rationality well it, uh, across the board. This is what human life especially, is where it's especially happening. So let's, let's look, how are we doing, I'm going to say, in our, in our intellectual life? Am I, am I serious about what principles do I hold? What foundation do I have for these principles? What am I doing with that? How am I trying to grow in that? How then am I trying to do that with other people? We have to pursue the truth, pursue our rationality together in a community, in relationships. Mm-hmm. If we want to, I'm going to cut, I think, there, if you don't mind, to a kind of punch. If, if we want to do something about the broader public discourse, I think we need to start at home and ask yeah. ourselves, are we being rigorous with ourselves? Are we cultivating a real interior life, a rational life, and a semi-public aspect of that, of, of with others, in our closer-to-home communities. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, what are you going to do about the public? You can't, it's not like we're, we don't have the power to change what's going on publicly, but we do have the power to change the way we raise our own children and the way we choose to engage ourselves. You know, Which will we, make a big di- difference, ultimately, also. Yes, I mean, that's the only way to change. It's, the, the thing is, it's a long-term... It's a long game. It's yeah. a long game, yeah. right. Yeah, but, okay, so... That's what I would kind of like to talk about is, all right, the public discourse, it is the way it is. There are reasons for it, um, but mostly those are outside of our control. And so let's talk about what we can control. Um, A lot of our listeners are a lot like Adam and I. They're raising children. Um, You know, so what can we be doing? Okay, so like, let's just take me as an example. We homeschool our kids. They're all very young. You know, um, rhetoric is... the they're just not ready for it yet as you know uh, as an official subject to sure. to study but what when the time comes what is something that we can do with our kids to help them be more well formed in this way well how, how about this um i mean very often as you know what we can do for our children begins in what we do uh with our spouse what we do in the marital relationship mm. and what we do 
Um, you know, yesterday, someone asked a, a great question at the event that we were at of how do you prepare your children for friendship? Mm -hmm. and, and there's obviously a number of great things we could think about there, but the thing I particularly recommended was work on your own friendships, pattern it for them. And so I think this is this is where we men need to look and, and, and exam begin by examining ourselves and improve the level of discourse that we have. Dare I say we could begin with there's a kind of interior discourse, then there's a discourse we have with our friends, and then there's kind of growing circles from there. Isn't it interesting that particularly as, as everything seems to be so polarized? You know, it's you're you're afraid to ask people, you know, where they stand politically. Even even sometimes with people, you know, the whole coronavirus thing and the response to it, you're kind of terrified to bring anything up, thinking, mm -hmm. you know, well, what are people, right? Where are they? I mean, we have to establish habits of being able to raise practical, concrete issues where there can be disagreement between good people. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. We don't have to allow the more general public polarization of this, that everything is just black and white, to, to um, make us you know, retreat into our shell. We need to be able to, you know, our, our relatives, our broader friends, those in our parish, that we, that we civilly, you know, right, with civility, with charity, with humility, be able to raise discussions about these things. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. Haven't you all found this? Even with people that you that you share a lot in common with, you're afraid to bring up certain things. Mm -hmm. Right. I, we got to do something about that. Yeah. I think that it's because uh, there's tribalism. There's tribalism is such a big thing right now, right? You know, so especially with the coronavirus, with the political debate. I mean, it's like this whole it's an atmosphere to fester into tribalism where everybody mm -hmm, has to go mm -hmm. one way or the other and oh mm -hmm. good you're on my side oh no you're against me right and it takes it takes a lot of fortitude to go against what you think they want to hear like maybe yep. your your thought is I, I think I know where you stand on this but I'm still going to go with what I believe and so it takes a lot of fortitude I think to to exemplify, you know, or to, to say that, to, yeah. to, to come out and say that. Yep, I, 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 I completely agree. And then, and then also kind of humility and willingness to, to keep engaging. And this is where I get habits of, of civility, habits of being able to interact with, with manners. I mean, it makes such a big difference, these habits that we've lost that we used to teach our children. And there's, there's a little thing. I mean, I mean, the, the, the kind of you know, calling, um, addressing adults as as Mister mm -hmm. and Mrs. and and not interrupting, and think all, all of those simple things were part of recognizing there's a, there's a structure, there's a basis. I'm part of something bigger here when I enter into any discourse here. And so, I mean, just to be teaching your children manners, I I, I don't believe that children are to be seen and not heard. No, let them speak but in a context where we're treating the manners, right? And that they see you're, you're entering into something big, something I'm trying to do with mommy all the time, something I'm doing with my friends. Yeah. Come, you can join us in this very noble project. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, we're talking about public discourse with Dr. John Cutterback. And private discourse. And private discourse. Good job. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sitting here with Dr. John Cutterback. Go check out his website, life-craft.org. Also, it used to be known as from bacon to acorns. Bacon from acorns. Bacon from acorns. Because the pigs yeah. eat the bacon acorns. Right. Yes. Yeah. Took me Actually, it took me like several times to... <laughs> and then I finally realized, like, well, you're not getting acorns from, from the bacon. bacon. I mean, like, I know that there is an argument to be made that you are. You know, you throw a dead pig at the base of a tree, Good you know, point. eventually it's you're going to get circle. some acorns. But mm-hmm. that's not what his website was. Right. So. so we're talking about public discourse. We're talking about uh, the lack of being productive in public discourse. Maybe this is where we could we could pick up from is, is like why is it is the reason why we have we struggle with public discourse? Is it because we're egotistical? We don't want to hear that. That we're wrong is it because that we're struggling with our at like we let our passions and our appetites rule us and so we can't even think about what the truth is or even con- like consider it uh because you don't want to be wrong mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean em- uh religion and politics instantly emotional emotional highs right you get walls that are built up and it doesn't matter if i logically bring you to this conclusion there's no way around it this is the this is the answer those walls have been brought up, and I'm not uh, in a disposition to hear the truth and yeah. understand it. Yeah. What? Right. Where? Where are we? Like, why? Well, discourse of any kind can only be quality if we have certain moral dispositions. I mean, discourse is a very important part of rational human life, mm-hmm. and the whole. And, and as Aristotle saw so clearly the right moral dispositions are the key necessary background prerequisite to be able to do anything truly human well it i mean think about this to have a good conversation with your friends goes back to one of our favorite topics right mm-hmm. the, the the kind of character it requires of you to be able to have a good conversation mm-hmm. i mean the willingness to listen the willingness to be to hear that you're wrong the willingness then to change i mean the the various virtues you mentioned courage that's certainly one of them again patience humility i mean are are, are all very much involved in this amazing project that again ultimately is about pursuing the truth or in any case it it should be about pursuing the truth and it will be more able to be about pursuing the truth if we have that kind of moral disposition so sure to the extent that we're selfish self-centered unwilling to suffer um, kind of overrun by by desires for this or that for me right these are the, these are the kind of things by the way that have have become enshrined in our society we no longer as a broader society are are working together for moral excellence for discipline for restraint of appetite mm-hmm. right and 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 so it's, it's it's no surprise then if we're if we're communally saying to people it does, you, you can want anything and then we're surprised people aren't being civil to one another. Look at the look at the state of our discourse. If we're telling people that you can want anything and do anything, and mm-hmm. that you can't ever tell anyone else that there's anything right or wrong about human actions, then of course there's not going to be any in any decent discourse. Right. So yeah, so, in short, selfishness ruins everything. Mm-hmm. Discourse mm-hmm. being one of the great goods that it ruins. Yeah, so I've been thinking about what are these core principles that you were, you know, talking about that you have to have in common. You know, at first I thought, oh, well, it would be, you know, Christian values. But then I said, no, it's not even, it's not even that because there are uh, 
atheists who are very capable of sitting down and having good discourse. Yeah. Um, and so I think, and correct me, you know, give your own thoughts. It seems to me like the, the basic, the most fundamental core principle is just a recognition of reality. I, I, I like that. I, I, absolutely. That there's a truth of reality that can be grasped, that should be grasped, that in many ways is, is the human um, glory and gift to come to know, which then brings us to kind of the a more specific point that goes right with what you're saying is, is human nature. Mm-hmm. There has to be some shared notion of what it means to be human. Right. And to me, that's what, that's what um, a good philosophy, right, I mean, ultimately it, it is about. A, mm-hmm. a shared understanding of what it means to be human that was very much implied, for instance, in the likes of Socrates and Plato and Aristotle, of of pursuing a wisdom. It was taken for granted that that's a profoundly human thing to do, kind of part and parcel of that wisdom is fundamental things about what it means to be rational. And then to be rational in a reasonable way includes these various virtues. And that's why so not that long ago, even if it wasn't rooted in a shared Christian vision, which it often was, but even if it's not a shared Christian vision, at least it was a shared kind of um, human vision, natural vision of what it, what it means to be human that, that again, predates Christianity. Mm-hmm. Right, that we're not the arbiters of truth. The, exactly. That that's, truth, that's good, truth exists apart from us. Exactly, and it is ours to discover it. Mm-hmm. And move towards to, it. Exactly. Yeah. Not just say what it pro- proclaim what it what it is. I will say what is so or not. So no, no, already there. There's a kind of humility in standing before reality. There's something great to discover here, and in discovering this to conform ourselves to it. That's a very Joseph Pieper point. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to being human, it's, it's conforming yourself to what is there. And of course, we'll always find that this is better. So th- those kind of things. You know, that's the basis for. Hey, then there's a lot we need to do together. So we need to deliberate together. We need to have discourse both at a private level and then branching out from there at a public level. You know, and as, 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 you, as you mentioned, Dave, earlier, that it, we, we might not be able to directly change. We can't immediately and directly change uh, things that are a result of a big breakdown, right? right? More broadly mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're going to have to suffer that. And we're going to have to suffer that with a certain in- integrity ourselves. We never give up on the broader community. And one of the main ways I think we don't give up is by continuing to work on it in ourselves, in our relationships, mm-hmm. in our closer communities. Right. Yeah, you know, and a lot of this gets mixed in with politics because politics has games that are played in and of themselves, which, you know, have a way of tainting the rhetoric. You know, you just look at the debates. They're not about truth. They're about scoring points. Right. You know, it's all right. about this point who won arbitrary point system about you know what can we use against you in the future you know Mm -hmm. so a part of that you know what do we do well once again be local we're you know local think locally in our discourse and in your politics Mm -hmm. um and make sure that we're elevating people to politics who are capable of good discourse because the people we elevate here now go on to become you know bigger and better things uh, for the rest of the country can, can I just know for one second? Just I like that sure. point about scoring points, uh-huh. because uh, you know, ch- reality check, you know, self check. Uh, don't you and I do that? No, 
in, in a well I don't I well you and Adam I was actually yeah, well Adam does no, it a lot no, and I'm sure always trying to, to tell him like know. look we'll work on that yeah but I mean think about uh, our you know the last time you had an argument with with your wife mm-hmm. I mean don't we we so easily and naturally move into kind of well I'm I'm right here yeah right? and 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 it, it, and it becomes more important to us even how we're appearing in this discussion or we, we need to feel okay about ourselves and oh my gosh you know I, I i haven't been wrong on this have i so again we go back to the moral dispositions the humility that's needed show, show me the man who in the middle of a discussion an important maybe intimate discussion ha- has that flash of oh my gosh i'm wrong and rather than saying Ooh, now I'm being terrified about it. So how can I kind of make that go away? How can I pretend that didn't happen? We'll rather immediately have a disposition of, oh, so I have to change. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that means that means that some of these other things I've been saying, some of these other things I've been doing, uh, need to be revised. That's that that's that's a powerful thing. Right. That's what it requires. If ultimate, we need to have that kind of man mm-hmm. be the man that our society honors. And is cultivating mm-hmm. and is trying to raise up, right? Because it should instill gratitude in that in that man. You know, when he when you exactly. realize, oh, I'm wrong. Exactly, should, it should that should be our natural reaction. Thank you for pointing exactly. this out to me. Like, but it, but instead you have this this thought of I want to double down in exactly. inst- instead of yeah. like oh thank you for for revealing the truth. It's no, I am now right because of this this this. Mm-hmm. You know, and you mm-hmm. double down on mm-hmm. your position. Or yeah mm-hmm. yeah you uh, stake down like you might have a sliver of still okay but i'm still right about this uh, you know exactly. and exactly don't we do that you, yeah. You, you, yeah shift you, you, to something you, you slide we slide over a little bit because we're trying to save face and you know we can be merciful on ourselves i think that's actually an important sign of of how we naturally have a sense of how important it is to be right mm-hmm. right truth matters we yeah. need to be moving towards getting the truth. And there's something a little bit threatening to us when, we, when it's like, oh my gosh, I don't have it. Mm-hmm. So, so that, 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 that's understandable. We need to encourage one another and know it's okay. God designed us that you come to it slowly and over time, and lo and behold, through the instrumentality of others that will help us see. And that's, and that's painful. Mm-hmm. Where's the man who's willing to say thank you Ah, you've been the instrument of my growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't. <laughs> it's hard to imagine that happening. It's you know almost silly to think about like that actually happening. But really, it's sh- that should be what we're doing, uh, you know. But when you just try to picture it in your day to day life, right? If you saw someone do that, it would just. I if I saw someone do it, I would be blown away. Right. Like wow, I cannot believe that just happened. You know, sort of like if you've ever seen somebody on Facebook ever say, right. you know what, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. It's like, whoa, take a screenshot of that. We need to like frame this yeah. little dumb Facebook conversation, you know? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Speaking of Facebook conversations, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll be right back. We're talking about discourse. Here on the Catholic Man Show with Adam Minahan and David Niles, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Dr. John Cutterback. Hey, Dave. There's something that we need to do really fast. Tell me. And let's give a shout-out to Catholic Woodworker. Ooh, Catholic Woodworker. we did not do that uh, in the second segment, which we normally do. Yes. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com. You can pick up heirloom-quality rosaries, home altars, crucifixes. Use the promo code TCMS, the Catholic Man Show. You get 10% off all of your purchases. Uh, thecatholicwoodworker.com. Boom. Nice. I'm glad you remembered that. I'm glad yes. you remembered that. Okay, so as we've been talking about um, discourse, the whole time I've had this like tugging feeling in the back of my mind that ultimately this comes down to like the reason why someone would be ca- incapable of a of a healthy discourse is because they're they don't have a healthy prayer life. There's something in me that says if a man has established habits of prayer that his habits of discussion will reflect that. Mm-hmm. That it, if he is having discourse with the Lord, that all of his other discourse will be affected. Um, I, and I don't know like what else there is to say about that other than, and, and you know, that's just the way I feel. Reverent silence for a very important point. Yeah, I mean, because... I, and, oh. Gotta miss the table there with my elbow. Um, you know, there's just I don't even know why. I can't come up with like the logical connection necessarily. I just feel like this is really the source of why. Why have we lost discourse? Well, it's, I think it's because we've lost um, uh, uh, the virtue of prayer and religion largely in this country. I think it's an outstanding point. Here's something that at least we can. Um uh, let's not just just leave it in reverent silence. It's it's worth trying to unpack it. Aristotle holds that he says our our disposition towards our friends is rooted in our disposition towards ourself. And so, when Saint Thomas Aquinas unpacks that, he talks about how we need to have virtuous dispositions towards ourself, even of of and he says. An interior conversation mm-hmm. and an interior kind of affirmation, an appropriate love of ourself, is 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 a basis, is a pattern for then an appropriate affirmation towards others, seeing them for who they are, speaking with them. Mm-hmm. And so, I think in, in in a similar way, the kind of interior conversation we have is a basis for conversation with others, and uh, and, and I mean just further, um, what better foundation? Is there for our learning basic dispositions towards others from whom we're going to learn? Mm-hmm. Then, in your interior life, speaking with our Lord, we have to learn humility. We right. have to learn to listen mm-hmm. and to realize where we're wrong. Yes, right? and and if we can do that there, then that of course is great practice mm-hmm. for being able to do that with other people. There's someone certainly we're gonna we're gonna learn from listen to mm-hmm. yeah i think that's really what it is that in prayer you learn to surrender mm-hmm. to to the lord and so then you when you hear the truth you can more easily surrender to it because you recognize it yeah yeah and perhaps we actually even answered this question earlier in the episode because one of the things you, you said dave was like you can't have a public discourse unless you have a touch with reality mm-hmm. you can't with the touch with the real and how real is it to have the conversation with the divine? Right. You know, mm-hmm. you can't get any more real than yeah. the divine. So that would 
naturally bleed into the supernatural always bleeds into the natural right yeah it's possible that prayer is the most human human behavior uh that we that, that we you can could do. have right mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. even friendship is really designed to you know prepare us prepare for us for friendship mm-hmm. with with christ mm-hmm. amen yeah uh, absolutely uh, absolutely great point to make so the, the the other question i have is about technology and <laughs> i i just wonder how much the influence and the domination of technology as the new medium by which we communicate you know uh i i think the average person communicates through a medium of technology more than they communicate face-to-face these days. And I just wonder what implications that could have. We know how much, how responsible is that for uh, the degrade in discourse? Very. Yeah. Next question. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, uh, uh, yeah, like, boy, that's worth unpacking in, in, in all sorts of ways. Isn't it interesting? Uh, it, it, um, civility in discourse, appropriate manners. Uh, it, uh, one thing that jumps to mind is how in our emailing, uh, uh, not to mention texting, we, we drop so many of the great traditional forms of how we communicate with one another and how we speak. Mm-hmm. And it, we, we drop it all out in, in, in the name of efficiency, and, we, and it changes our attitude. I mean, think about how um, forms of address, proper forms of, of things where um, you say things like even, don't you think, or perhaps this is so, or, you know, the, the, the kind of things that is very easy to do when we're, when we're speaking, that I think that it, that it is showing that we're listening, that we realize we might not be right, that we're interested to hear you know, how you might respond here. And, and even in bodily gestures, appropriate words, that's what you can do in person. We drop, we drop all that out. So now we don't have those, those things that are encouraging those dispositions of humility, listening, willing hmm. to, be, to be corrected. Right, it, it it's all been dropped out. So how about how about I, I here to me is something that's it, it's worth doing. Um, I, I emailing still, you know what for me is it 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 takes a resolve, and I keep I keep doing it. I keep saying dear so and so, rather mm-hmm. than just starting to write. I mean, mm-hmm. so many now, so many now that that, that just there's there's no introduction, and it's a lot, and and also I sign it. I mean, mm-hmm. I just I still say something like sincerely. You know, wish you the best. Um, I, I, I make an unduly big deal of it, but to me, that's a way of constantly signaling I am communicating with another human person, and and the dispositions here, the the the, the treating them as a person is key. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so easy in the comments we were talking in the in, in our break about the Facebook conversations and the comments on, on on blogs and just how it just gets worse and worse and worse. Part part of that is the anonymity, right? We're not in the body presence. We're not seeing facial right. expressions. Mm-hmm. And so we don't think that we're really engaged in a human thing, but it is a human thing. We've mm-hmm. got to keep it human. Right. Yeah, you're not talking to a person. It's just another account. It's just a yep. different Facebook account that you're, yep. you mm-hmm. know, talking to. Yeah, because it, it is a u- utilitarian purpose, right? You email, things like that. Is you, you have the idea of like, I'm just trying to do this just to communicate this message. And it it dehumanizes uh, the, the conversation. Yeah. Because you're thinking, I'm just trying to get this out. I mean, in work, I, I think about that all the time. It's like, I'm just trying to get the, the, the message across as quickly as possible so that way we can move forward. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but you don't stop and think, well, I'm doing this to another human being and right. not, you know, it's not just some avatar like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I worry, especially for young people. I mean, um, you kind of brought this up in your talk last night. Uh, the millennial generation is like the last generation to have grown up without technology uh, omnipresent, mm-hmm. you know, and the the kids now just technology is the way of life. Um, and I just really am concerned what what it's going to be what like. It, what it's going to yield. Right. I mean, it's simple things like learning to look someone in the eyes when you mm-hmm. talk to them, which mm-hmm. they just don't have the, it's just not the habit that, that's just not the way they communicate. Right. Obviously they do sometimes, but it's not the same. I mean, it's just not the same. Everything about it is different. Right. So what are the consequences going to be? And I don't know that anybody really knows. Indeed. But certainly what, talking to parents, I mean, and this is a whole other topic, we can talk about what you then try to do to form your child, form your children, uh, to help them as regards that. But one thing for sure that we know is always immediately in our power, again, is to is to pattern what's right. So let's not underestimate that we not get sucked in. I think so often when we talk about these things and we kind of bemoan, okay, those poor teenagers and their technology, but then we just kind of keep plugging right along, kind of doing the same things ourselves. Right. And so, again, it's going to be subtle. I'm not saying you have to get rid of the technology, but, but how do we not be mastered by it? How do we master it? And I think one simple thing is raise the level of discourse. Put into it, this takes effort, but put into it kind of the human feelings. Put in the kind of words that are conveying, I recognize that we're in a noble project together. I'm just one participant in it. I'm not just the one that's asserting something here. I'm working with you on this. That can be conveyed in how we write. That can be conveyed, obviously, in how we speak. Mm-hmm. And and we need to be cultivating that disposition in us. Are we, are we thinking that? So often, I think, we, we think, well, we've got the true sh- truth here, and we need to just get that out. You know, um, we see some aspects of the truth, and there's key aspects of the truth that you and I don't see yet. Mm-hmm. And we need to act like that. People will feel it in our discourse, public or private, if we, if we have the conviction that we've got a lot to learn and we're going to listen while we move forward with the confidence that we can get to the truth. It's a great balance. Mm-hmm. there are any uh, good rhetoricians out there uh, that you admire these days? Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are some um, contemporary, um, and nothing is immediately jumping to mind. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I... I, I I, I more go back to kind of reading, you know, someone like a G.K. Chesterton. Sure. Right, oh, yeah. Who, yeah. Who, who was great at rhetoric. Um, you know, John Henry Cardinal Newman. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 these men are, 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 are trained and schooled in a beautiful art. Yeah. Rooted in the conviction that being rational is an incredible gift and we need to keep working at it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for your great to be time. with you, John. It's always been fun. Thank you I very much. Yeah. yeah. Again, go to uh, life-craft.org. We'll put it in our show notes so that way you'll be able to get to it. He has a whole like man of the household course that you guys can go check out. Yep. Highly mm-hmm. recommended. Yes. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Amen.